0: Hello, family, and welcome back to the Infinite Energy Podcast with your favorite sisters,
1: Kay and Jai. We are so excited to be with you today to talk about the energy of focus. Now, maybe you have had trouble creating infinite energy for yourself in this area. Well, that's what we are covering today, the ins and outs of focus. So stay tuned. <music> Hi, we're sisters Kay and Chai, and we're the hosts of the Infinite Energy podcast.
0: We believe that everyone has the power to live a more energized, optimistic, and fulfilling
1: life. In every episode, we share tips and techniques for harnessing your own power and creating the life you deserve.
0: Get ready to ignite and discover the limitless power of infinite, infinite energy.
1: energy.
0: Well, you know, when we're talking about the energy of focus that we're probably going to bring forward, first and foremost, the quote you, you're thinking it, we're looking at it, and we'll just say it out loud right now, right? You've heard the saying, where focus goes, energy flows. And while that's true, and that's a great place for us to start, don't worry, that's not all we're talking about today. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the ways that we have cultivated and strengthened our own focus and some of the ways that we've been able to help a line our focus so that we can keep ourselves on task without it being quite such an uphill battle.
1: Kate, before we get off where focus goes, energy flows, I have got to let you all know that I have come across the best booty building hack in the whole wide world and it comes right from where focus goes energy flows so let's just roll through this one really quick when you are out there walking your beautiful legs out on the street if you have the ability to walk and you are out there walking do your best to focus your energy on your booty because guess what where focus goes energy what flows Flows. so when you are focusing on your booty when you are doing the simple action of walking you you and end up engaging your gluteous muscles and boom shocky lucky before you know it your booty's popping right well think about
0: where right, if you're focused on having good posture if you're focused on eating healthy we we know this intrinsically I love the way Tony Robbins builds on it he says where focus goes energy flows and where energy flows whatever you're focusing on grows like your booty in other words your life is controlled by what you focus on now that's a big statement right your life is controlled by what you focus on. And that's something that we've really had a lot of awareness and awakening around. And it's why we wanted to bring this topic forward today.
1: Most people, when they go out to focus on Obtaining whatever it is they want in their life, being a big booty or a big bank account, or maybe just happiness and love on the in between, whatever it is, oftentimes they go into the pursuit of what they're looking for with their focus on what they don't want. And this actually is a teaching that comes from Joseph McClendon the third, our business partner and our dear friend. He often talks about how folks will never bring forward what it is they want. When you ask someone the question, what do you want? They often can't even answer coherently and will usually default into a list of the things that they're trying to avoid.
0: And I'm sure we've all been there, right? When you think intrinsically about what it is that you want, it's easy for your mind to default to the things that it doesn't want because that's what it was designed to do, right? To protect you, to to keep you safe. And so it's doing that by saying, don't go over there. Don't eat that. Don't interact with that animal. Don't go explore the dark area over there, right? So its it's job is to go do-do-do-do-do on things that you're not supposed to do. And so it's defaulting to that, which means if you don't actively and proactively build yourself in the direction of looking at what you do want, you end up as what we like to call in the valley of don't, which is that default state of thinking about what you don't want. And of course, that'll never get you out of the valley and up the mountain. You've got to lift your eyes up. You've got to ask yourself where the peak is and you've got to point yourself in that direction.
1: So let's not get too far into the infinite energy of focus without laying down our definition of the day. We are so excited to always have a definition because when we are able to define what things mean, we can all come to an understanding and literally get onto the same page so that we can operate from a, a, a mutual understanding and move forward to learn more about a topic.
0: All right, so easy one today, our definitions of focus. The first one is the center of interest or activity. The second is the state or quality
1: of having or producing clear visual definition. What I love about these two is that the first one is really centered around what it is that you're doing. And the second can be a literal focus, right? Like a camera lens coming into focus. Or can be, do you have enough visual definition in your mind mind's eye of what success or what happiness or whatever the end goal is and what that looks like for you. Now that's Focus as a noun,
0: but let's remember that we also use it as an ing word, which means it's also a verb. And when we think about focus as a verb, we have the definition pay particular attention to. Now, most of us, that's probably what we're automatically thinking when we think of focus, right? It's what we pay attention to. But let's remember that there's also that focus of being able to clearly kind of zoom in and adjust, right? Your your level, your visual field may not change even when it's in inside, but you can you can laser in on something and that's that focus piece. And then that that center of interest or activity, right? So whether it's a noun or a verb, it's a powerful force in our lives and something that many of us aren't utilizing to
1: its fullest. When thinking about focus, Shyla and I often like to consider our attention internally as a spotlight coming out. And when you focus, you have a spotlight of attention that comes out of your human being. And when you focus on something, you're putting your spotlight on that item. When you're trying to focus on too many things at once, your spotlight is everywhere and you look like a disco party and you're not really lighting up very too much. So we, we really like to see that spotlight get good at focusing on what we want to put it on. But oftentimes, our spotlight is being dictated. Our focus is being dictated by our personal culture, by how our beliefs are shaped. And if you haven't done our personal culture exercise in that episode, be sure to go back and do it because it can really help you when you're looking at your focus. I want to just take a moment to center in on two words that come out of the verb definition of focus, which is to pay particular attention to. When we think about paying attention, if the focus, if if focus is our spotlight of attention, we pay attention to something means that attention is a currency that we can use to increase whatever we want in our life, right? Where focus goes, energy flows. And you pay for that focus in your attention, that's what it is. So as you are thinking about how you shift your focus, really coming into this attention, what are you putting your attention on? And if you think, well, I I put my attention on everything I want, I think about, I visualize in my head me being rich and I think about me being rich and I think about me being rich. But are you reading articles every day about the horrible things that rich people are doing? Are you complaining to your friends about the uh, rich people in your town that are snotty and snoopy, right? Now you've got conflicting attention. Your attention isn't really on being a rich person. Your attention is really on you're paying that attention over to maybe those patterns that say being rich equals being evil. It's so important to
0: underscore that piece about the fact that you pay the currency of your attention. And this idea of the spotlight has been such a helpful metaphor and visualization for us. And so I hope that you'll take it and use it as well. And think about that spotlight in your mind, right? The the field of possibility is absolutely humongous and gigantic. And within your entire field, right? You can have everything you want, just not all at once, not all at the same time. So that spotlight is what what you can have at that same time. Now, if you are conscious of where you're pu- pu- pointing that spotlight, that is a fantastic thing. But research shows that at least 90% of the time, at least 90% of the time, we're actually running on autopilot, right? We're, we're thinking thoughts we had yesterday. We're behaving in ways that we did this week. We're doing things and saying things and going places we've done before. And we're just habituating and playing out patterns that we've already done, which means if you're consciously pointing your spotlight at, I want to be rich, I want to be rich, that's only 10% of the time. And the other 90% of the time, what comes over and hijacks the spotlight is your personal preference and your personal experiences that can hijack it and say, my preference is that I'm getting this dopamine drip from the social media platform as it's showing me these sensational headlines about the mismanagement of money and evil evil hedge fund managers and Mm -hmm. all kinds of different things, right? And that's getting hijacked or it's getting hijacked by your own habits or by the things that are happening around you. And so that spotlight ends up pointing most of the time at not what it is that you consciously want. And that's why many of us have that dissonance and frustration when what we consciously want isn't manifesting in our life as fast as we'd
1: like. Now, here's the trick. When you realize that you are no longer behind the spotlight and maybe your spotlight's been hijacked by that internal programming, it's your job now to do your best to take back the control and shift your focus, shift that attention shift the spotlight onto something else that's more positive. In the next segment, we're going to get into a little bit more about how exactly you do that. And trust us, it's not the easiest process in the world and it does take time. So have grace with yourself because today is all about figuring out how we focus on the things that really matter in order to see those things expand. Do you find yourself losing control of your scroll on social media? If you do, then you want to stay tuned to join the Simply Social Club with Kay and I. We've got an Awesome challenge for you, where you have the opportunity to detox from social media for 48 hours, 7 days, 14, or even 31 days right along Shyla and I. So go to kandshy.com slash
0: simply social and find out a little bit more. And hopefully you'll take a pledge alongside us. We'll see you in 2023. See you in the club.
1: We're talking leadership this week. And one of the organizations we are so proud to be at the helm of is the Neuroencoding Institute. We got to co-found
0: the Neuroencoding Institute alongside Dr. Joseph McClendon III, amazing, world-renowned neuropsychologist and incredible mentor and teacher. If you're at all interested in learning more about what the Neuroencoding Institute does and what it can do for you, please visit neuroencoding.com.
2: You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Productions.
0: So picking up with this energy of focus, we're thinking about where that energy goes and where our focus goes and where the energy is, that's where things are gonna expand in our life, where we're pointing that spotlight and how we're grabbing consciously of it. It's a big topic and and oftentimes many of us struggle with this or we understand it conceptually, but then we live in this thing called the real world <laughs> where there's all this stuff that rubs up against us and happens. And in the moment, you, you, we might lose, lose a handle of that spotlight, right? Raise your hand if you ever lost a handle.
1: Um, I'll raise two hands. I'll raise a foot for that. Oh, my goodness. Because, boy, if I think all of us can probably relate to losing our focus. And it can be really easy in the process of trying to change to berate ourselves along the way. But here's the thing. When you're trying to create any new habit, especially a habit as deep as shifting your very attention, remember, you've been paying with the currency of attention your whole life. These habit structures are really And how you manage your attention is something that is ingrained into you because it's how you've always done it. So these changes are going to be something that might feel a little uncomfortable and you're not always going to get it right. When Shaila and I very first started out on this journey, we realized that there was going to be an evolution of this process where at first we would do our best to shift our focus in the moment. um, But we wouldn't realize that we needed a focus shift until after the opportunity for the shift had already occurred. But here's the thing. Every time we would have the period between the opportunity for a shift in focus and us not doing that, if we caught it sooner, we would celebrate ourselves. Look, I missed my opportunity to shift my focus and I acted in a way that I wasn't proud of, but I realized it 24 hours later instead of seven days later. I realized it two minutes later instead of 24 hours later. I realized it as it was happening instead of right after. And eventually, we find ourselves able to shift our focus before it gets out of hand or before maybe that inner programming hijacks the spotlight.
0: Right. Think about this in terms of, I know, uh, like if you're like us, sometimes you struggle with snacking. Right. And this can be one of those things that you, if you've ever come through a period where you've been able to. Build some discipline around your eating habits, then you know that you know this pattern well, right? Because there's that idea that that at first you maybe you'll come through a binge period, and then afterwards you feel gross about it, and you, you're not proud of it, and so you say, okay, I'm gonna shift my focus, and I'm gonna study on my focus, and I'm gonna think about what are the triggers that set me up, and there's all kinds of different complexities that come along with a habit like that, right? But maybe the next time you're you're in the middle of binging and you realize where is my focus right now? How did I get here? This isn't something I want to be actively engaged in. Now, whether or not you can stop yourself in the moment isn't the important thing. The important thing is you grab the spotlight while you are in the behavior, which means that progression, that evolution is getting better. And and, and you should celebrate that progress. And with celebrating that progress comes the opportunity that maybe next time, As you're walking to the pantry, I know this has happened to me before, I am able to grab hold of that spotlight because I know for me, once the food goes in my mouth, (laughs) then there's no stopping, right? But if I can stop beforehand, if I can grab the spotlight beforehand and say, whoa, 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 right? I'm paying attention to right now. I want a salty treat. It's three o'clock. It's time for my snack. And I shift that to, what do I still need to get done? The weather is beautiful. Let's walk the dogs now. Let's get on with with a friend and have a constructive phone call and shift the focus. I'm able to completely subvert that bad habit, but again, it takes that progression, that time, and that grace on yourself.
1: Oh, it really does. And this is a little bit counterintuitive to most time management and focus strategies. There's a lot of focus strategies out there that will say, set yourself up right from the very beginning and all of these things will help you. And the process of understanding and celebrating as you get closer to removing this habit from your life and then removing it completely is one that can actually create lasting change for you and not create a whole mess of internal experience in the process process because the whole point is to create change with, uh, with the least amount of pain possible. Hopefully, right? We hope to, to get those results without having to necessarily experience the quite so much pain. But let's move into some of the more uh, managerial type focus aspects and things that you might see if you were to look inside a Forbes article or get into Inc. Magazine. How do they say that we should be focusing and and tackling our lists and our duties? Now, the first uh, piece of advice that comes out of these is to prioritize. Do your best to find out what's important to you and to tackle that first. And this can work from a to-do list perspective, but it can also work from the snacking perspective, right? Shiloh, what you did is you prioritized and said, what's important to me is my health. What's important to me is spending time with my friends and with my family members like my doggies and pouring into those I love. And so as you are approaching that focused, laser-focused intention to the snacking cabinet, you're having an inner dialogue that's helping you because you've thought about your priorities in the first place, and now your focus has something to grasp onto.
0: Well, and I'm glad that you mentioned the to-do list. And that's something that we've realized too, right? Not, uh, not just because everything is on your to-do list doesn't mean that they all have equal importance. And, and, and you've probably heard eat the frog, right? Eat the frog first. If you've got a, fro- a plate of food and one of the things is a frog, eat the frog first. So you can enjoy the rest. You're not like eating everything and dreading the frog at the end. So that's one of the, the kind of ways that you can prioritize if you've got a frog on your list and you want to just get it done. But the other way that I think has been really helpful for us is thinking about prioritizing in terms of like what's most important for the outcome. Now, in a business sense, we want to prioritize what are the money making activities that are on your to-do list? Those should be your top priorities that you're trying to get done. It might be important to post on social media, but if you also have someone waiting for a proposal, drafting the proposal is more of a priority for the outcome of running a successful business. If the outcome is just to have the biggest impact and maybe you've got a great social media them, perhaps the social media post is more important. So I'm not saying the money is always has to be the top priority, but depending on the outcome, your, your ability to prioritize has to shift and change. And so usually within a business, that's how you're gonna wanna make your decisions and, and prioritize your actions is what makes money first. Another thing that can
1: help you focus uh, is to do your best to eliminate distractions. If you have things in your life that are pulling your attention try to do your best to give yourself the time and space to be present. Now, we get it. There are a lot of things that go on inside the world. Um, for example, we're both moms. Mm-hmm. We're also dedicated to our fitness. We are also entrepreneurs. We have a lot of things going on. Chances are, you're like us. You're multi-passionate too. And you have a lot of things happening inside your life as well. But in order to get those focus times to happen, sometimes we have to get really, really, really creative. So uh, Occasionally, I will have my children on a weekend day where my partner is gone having to make up hours at school or doing a certification course or some something on a weekend. And I will want to get a workout in. Uh, but I have a policy that I do my best to not get out of bed before 6 a.m. on weekends because I am a religious 445er on the weekday. So I try to not get out of bed before 6 a.m. on weekends and, and wake up early before everyone else and exercise, which means I have to do my exercise in the day in order to eliminate distraction for myself, I got myself some noise-canceling headphones and I created a situation where my daughter could watch a show and my son can bounce in his bouncer and I can have my noise-canceling headphones on where I can see them and focus on my workout and still get my 30 minutes in and be with my kids at the same time. Now, yes, I've got a lot of things going on at once. You might say I'm not getting the very best workout, but hey, I'm doing the best with what I have and based on my priorities. I'm still getting the things done. And my focus is on protecting my fitness while also providing for my children. And I get to accomplish both things by having my focus in my priority set. Another trap that many of us try to do unsuccessfully
0: is to multitask in a way that's not congruent or conducive to the situation or the activities at large. Now, the kind of multitasking that Kay was just talking about, where it's physical activities that you can multitask at the same time, is brilliant. But most of us, when we're trying to multitask mental abilities and faculties struggle to shift focus and concentration. And actually, every time that you shift from a different screen to a different task to a different conversation, your brain has to spend energy, calories, and time reorienting and refiring into a new area, new synapses, new patterns of thinking that slow you down. So in order to be most efficient, we want to do our best to stay in the zone of whatever mental activity we're doing until it's time to move to the next one. Or as you start to know your own rhythms better, you'll start to understand that they say for the, the average human can spend about 22 minutes focusing on something before they're going to need to stand up, do a break, reorient themselves. So maybe you set a timer for yourself of 22 minutes. On the low end, you've got about 12 minutes, right? If you're within that natural spectrum of a human being, you can spend about 12 to 22 minutes solely focused on doing something before your brain starts to grasp for something else before your focus and your energy and your productivity start to slip a little bit. So think about how you can maximize that little time chunk for yourself and eliminate those other mental activity distractions so that you can use your focus to its best ability.
1: Next up, we're going to talk about maybe some of the things that are stealing your focus without you even knowing and what you can do to combat them. One of our proudest business accomplishments is what we've been able to do with Squeeze In Franchising. The Squeeze In is a breakfast,
0: lunch restaurant featuring the best omelets on the planet, and it's been around for almost 50
1: years. And now you can have a Squeeze In in your community. We've seen how this business transformed our families, and now we are so excited to offer this to families around the country to see how this little restaurant might change their family and their community. If you're wondering how to set up your adult children
0: for legacy and success through a small
1: business, then the
0: Squeeze-In is an option we urge you to consider. Come find out more about Squeeze-In Franchising at SqueezeIn.com.
2: You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to AngelPhoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions.
1: What might be stealing your focus without you even realizing it? That's what we're going to cover in this next segment as we talk about something that might be a, a new topic for you. And this is the idea of soft
0: addictions. Right. Well, we, you heard us alluding earlier to the fact that we pay attention. And so thinking about our attention as a currency helps us understand that really human beings spending their time and, and pointing their spotlights on things is that new colonization. And, and this kind of your most evil understanding <laughs> of it. But in its most truest sense, it is absolutely true that there are many forces competing for your time and for your attention. And if you don't have have awareness of that. You can fall into what Kay just talked about, which is that soft addiction category, where you're not you're not going to get the shakes if you don't have your distraction right, but you are going to experience some of those withdrawal symptoms emotionally and on the inside that let you know there's a deeper relationship going on than you may be aware of.
1: Well, let's consider Meta, right? Meta, as in the company that owns Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram do not charge their users for usage of the platform. In fact, you can create an account for free. Just recently we found out you can you can now you can buy a verification badge. So if you want a blue badge, you can buy it. So now there is an option for the users to pay Meta. But how come Meta is one of the largest companies in the world? Why are they worth billions and billions and billions of dollars? Well, because they have an algorithm that maximizes your attention, and they sell your attention to advertisers because your attention has value. It is a currency, and you pay attention to what either matters to you or what's fed to you. Now, (laughs) The social media giants have realized this, and like Shaila said, in the most evil sense of the word, are seeking to colonize our attention, to take it from us in order to sell us advertising and to get products in front of us. Now, yes, this is just a function of capitalism and that's part of it. And it's important for these platforms to be really good at keeping a user's attention so much so that many of us form soft addictions without even realizing what's going on.
0: So let's talk about what soft addictions are. They refer to relatively harmless and socially acceptable habits or behaviors that we use to distract ourselves or numb our feelings without realizing the negative impact that they have on our lives. So you, and so we're not right. It's unlike a hard addiction, like a drug or alcohol, where there's serious negative consequences. Soft addictions they don't cause significant harm, but they are in that intrusive space in our lives, and they steal and hijack our focus. They interfere with our outcomes, with our happiness, um, and they can definitely become a bigger and bigger problem the longer we leave them untreated.
1: So soft addiction is a term coined by Judith Wright. She's a psychotherapist and a co-founder of the Wright Foundation. Um, She observed that many people were using these types of behaviors as a way of avoiding difficult emotions or situations in their lives. So let's talk about some examples of soft addictions that could be stealing your focus without you even knowing it. Spending excessive time on social media, Online shopping, especially if it's compulsive. So many of us talked about this when the uncomfortable emotions of 2020 and the pandemic came up. Amazon boomed. Everyone was was shopping their feelings out, right? Playing video games is another soft addiction. Binge watching TV shows. Constantly checking email or text messages. Ooh, that one just hit me deep in this. I didn't even realize that was a soft addiction and I just now realized that's something I absolutely am allowing to steal my focus. Or even overeating. So these things can hijack your focus. They can even become problematic especially if they begin to interfere with your daily activities your relationships your work and i want to add to that this point what if they steal from your happiness your joy your presence your ability to create in the world maybe some of those uh, uh, intrinsic emotional values that just would help you have a better life if you were able to shift your focus So the soft addiction that we want to address because we think
0: it's the lowest hanging fruit that gives the highest yield is the presence of social media. And if you're a long time listener, thank you. (laughs) We love you. Thanks for being part of the family. Hope you're subscribed. Um, But if you're a long time listener, you know that we uh, we reckoned with our relationship with social media. I reckon Uh, we (laughs) reckon reckon with our relationship (laughs) in 2022. with social media and it was absolutely eye-opening and groundbreaking and and shifting in so many different ways and so challenged ourselves to take off odd months in 2023 from social media. And this has been such an incredible thing for us. And we want to talk about some of those pieces. But as we got some distance from social media and we broke the soft addiction, all of the addiction monikers were there. The trigger, the right there would be emotional states. And we realized I'm triggered to go to social media, there was the physical habit of just where to scroll on the phone and click. Before you even realize what you're doing. And then there's the physical habit of literally scrolling on your phone, there's no bottom. Like, have you ever noticed that when you're scrolling on your phone, there is no bottom, like Mm -mm. end of page. No. Like, they're not going to do that to you. There's no end of page. There's no end of scroll. You can just scroll to the rest of time. And now that you know, right, why is Facebook and Instagram free for its users? Well, where is it making its money? Because you are the commodity. The user is the commodity. You are what is being sold to advertisers, your attention and your time and your focus. And so it's okay for you to decide that you want to exchange some of your time and your focus for your time on that platform. But it's not okay if it comes into a soft addiction and it's impeding your joy and your happiness and your life and your outcomes and what you
1: want. Now, as Judith Wright said, oftentimes people are engaging in soft addictions as a way of avoiding difficult emotions or situations in their lives. So in August of last year, Shyla and I Take this wild experiment. It seemed it's so funny. It seemed so radical yeah. when we did it. And now that we're through it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that seems so radical. But we took a whole month off of social media and it was radical. As we had reflected, I mean, it was our first time being off of social media platforms in nearly 20 years. Imagine that. I mean, we're millennials, we've grown up with the platforms, we've been on them for a very long time. And so August comes around and I actually, Shy, it's the first time that I, I think I've actually publicly shared this story. So it's the first time that this is gonna come forward and I'm pretty proud that this is the first time it's come forward. So many of you know um, that I was seeking to compete in a pageant in the fall of 2022 for a Mrs. Nevada title. Um, because of our contracts, I cannot say which uh, uh, pageant system I was in, but I was seeking a Mrs. Nevada title. Now, in the midst of that, I submitted my platform in August for approval. Now a platform is a charity that you're going to align with and a message that you are going to give to the world. I submitted my platform based off of the idea of the freedom of expression being what really allows people to shine their brightest, whether that be gender expression, creative expression, internal expression, entrepreneurial expression, and encouraging individuals to find what that authentic expression was for them and to release it. Now, they sent me back in a notification that said, this platform is approved, except you have to remove the language about supporting the LGBTQIA community because our uh, our system is not in alignment with those values. Now, as many of you know, my partner is non-binary. I consider myself even a part of the LGBTQIA com- uh, community, even if as just a strong, strong ally. And it, this was deep to my heart. And I also really loved pageantry. It was something I was so excited to do. Now, this happened in August. We were seven days into our social media challenge, and my triggers to get on social media were so strong. I wanted to go look at everything the organization was posting. I wanted to look at everything else the other pageant queens were looking at to see if there was some kind of crack I could find in in their foundation, uh, in their morality. I wanted to get onto social media and tell my story. I wanted to blast them. I wanted to to discuss about how difficult these feelings were for me to, to see that these two worlds that I loved were at such odds and that I couldn't live in both at the same time. This was heartbreaking for me. But thank God social media wasn't in our lives at that time because I had to learn how to just be with that discomfort. But what it allowed me was the opportunity to find the room to let it go without solving the pain through social media or maybe posting something that I would later regret. It gave me the space in order to shift my focus instead of allowing my soft addiction to dictate my actions. I hope you see how important this is. This was the first time I've shared this story. And and this happened in August. Like, this is February. Mm-hmm. We're now eight months past this ordeal, seven months past this ordeal. And, and uh, it has way less of an emotional toll on me because we didn't have the presence of social media in our lives at the time. While I
0: hated seeing that unfold, I was so proud of you for your presence through it and the lessons that were mined from it. I'm I'm so grateful for those, um, especially this piece about observing your own desires to use social media to fuel the emotional um, journey that you were on, as well as use social media to numb the emotional experience that you were having. And being able to observe that from the place that you did, even while being in pain was beautiful and and so incredibly growth impactful for both myself and I know for you and now hopefully for our listeners as well. And if you are listening and you're thinking I, you might have a soft addiction, whether it's social media or another online influence, be it video games or the YouTube platform, and you're looking to bring a little bit more of the energy of focus into your life, we hope that you'll join us with on the Control the Scroll Challenge. All year we're offering pledges for free you can come and pledge however long you'd like to challenge yourself to be off of whatever your online influence is we'd welcome you to control your scroll with us and see what the freedom of focus can do for you
1: you're going to pay the currency of your attention to something you might as well pay the currency of attention to your life and to the things that matter most to you we hope that you join us in the control the scroll challenge we hope you subscribe to the infinite energy podcast and remember this episode so comes at you with all the love from your sisters, Kay and Chai.
2: This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers, and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.